You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN Podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit corin.com. Hello, welcome to Japanese. I'm your host, Akiko Tema, a food writer and director of the New York Japanese Canyon Academy, which promotes a deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from Brooklyn, New York. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every day in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We see a dashi ramen izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I try to demystify it in this program with my crew guests. And my guest today is Arimi Asai, who is the co founder of Fish and Dish Sakanaya Asai, based in Tokyo. Fish and Dish Sakanaya Asai is a unique and highly inspiring fishmonger. When we buy seafood, most of us will go to a supermarket and purchase a piece of fish without knowing its whole shape. And it is easy and convenient, but the process reminds us that we have become very distant from how we used to eat fish. And Arimi and her husband, Kazuhiro, have a mission to shrink that distance. Their innovative mom and pop business has no address and they are ready to deliver the freshest fish straight from the market to whatever their clients are. And not only that, they offer various catering and educational services to teach how the whole fish is broken down and comes to your plate. The business started in 2015 and the idea of a fishmonger without a storefront has, became, has become popular through word of mouth recommendations among foodies and environmentalists alike. So today we'll discuss how Kazuhiro and Irimi came up with the concept of the nomadic fishmonger, the unique entertaining and educational programs they offer, how their business can support the brighter, sustainable future of seafood consumption, and much, much more. But before we start, Japan is available on the Heritage Radio Network website as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. So please go to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whichever you listen to, and subscribe to Japan Needs. And please write a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now, let's start a conversation with Arimi Asai. Hello, Arimi. Welcome to the show. Hi, Ajiko. Thank you for having me. It's very exciting to be here. Yes,、yeah, so me too. So, what do you do? It's just Fascinating. So, yeah, and thank you for staying up for so late to talk to us <laughs> on、you. the show. So, first of all, to get to know you, where are you from and what did you eat when you grew up? Okay,、um, I'm from Ehime, which is located on the island of Shikoku, which is quite Southern part of Japan and surrounded by really calm sea. And I have always eaten very fresh fish since I was a little child. And especially when I was really small child,、um, freshly caught fish was brought to like into like very in front of our house by very old women from the harbor with、um, kind of like wheelbarrow, what do you call it, pushcart. And、oh, wow. so I have, yeah, yeah. It's like, like more than like 30 years ago. But yeah, I have found like memories of buying fresh sea bream or like mackerel with my grandma from that like fishmonger lady. 
and came mm-hmm. to sell them in front of our house. Well, that sounds so, like a Miyazaki movies, one scene from uh, yeah. Miyazaki movie. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a similar feeling. Yeah. So, and what surprised me most when I came to Tokyo at when I was like 18, and I ate fish at izakaya. It's kind of like Japanese style pubs and like small stores. It wasn't like never be fresh as it was in we we had in Ehime. And also, although you can of course eat like delicious fish in very ex- expensive like fancy restaurant in Tokyo, but not in like local restaurant. So that's the moment I felt I. And I really appreciate for that. I was in very blessed with a great food environment. Mm, yeah. Right. <laughs> wow. So it makes sense what you're doing is what you're doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, and uh, yeah, so uh, your uh, husband, Kazuhiro Asai, yep. originally started Fish and Dish Sakane Asai yep. in 2015. Mm-hmm. And when he was convinced that there's enough opportunities in the market, he incorporated the business in 2018, as far as I learned yep. from whatever I read. And along the <laughs> way, you joined the business only to support him a little, but now you are an essential part of the business, thanks to your strong corporate business background. So what was your career before you joined Fish and Dish Sakane Asai? Okay, thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah, um, I began my first career as an um, advertising producer for a wedding magazine. And at that time, um, as you know, like printed magazine was still the mainstream and the web trend began to arrive. So I was able to learn about the transition of advertising and communication from like print to web media and also as well as like media strategy using social media in its very like early days. And later I worked for an agency as an event producer. And since I could speak a little bit of English, I was able to plan or produce or manage kind of like wide variety of events, including like business event for overseas client from the US or from the UK or the ceremonies organized by the Japanese government. So there I learned to create a communication plan that combines with public relations or like web page production or like customer attractions, like kind of pretty much the entire connected journey of an event from like start to finish. And later when I was pregnant, when my first kid, I have to be on leave from the work to have the baby and my husband and I launched Fish and Dish, our business. Mm. Yes. So that's like, yeah, how it goes. Right. Yeah, so I will discuss later, but uh, your husband yeah. is kind of craftsman type and you are <laughs> kind of business manager. So, very different, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> right. It's, uh, he's got lucky and you got lucky too to have yeah, just Yeah, perfect... I am very fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, and uh, I'm curious though, did you guys meet through Love of Fish? Um, not really. We we have met through the music. Oh, <laughs> it's very like different. Yeah, but we yeah we used to organize like music event when we were very young. So, but yeah, we in that time we were still like like partnership to create the event. So the relationship haven't really been changed, but. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we can expect good music, background music for two events. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> right. 
So, and your husband, Kazuhiro, also has a very interesting background, and his father had a strong influence over him. Um, yeah. That's what I heard. So, could you tell us how he grew up and how he ended up starting a unique seafood business? Yes. So, he, my husband was born in a town called Numazu, which is in Shizuoka Prefecture, and he grown up right by the sea. And his father, he is just very interesting and he was just awesome man. And his father worked for manufacturer, but he also had a side job, which was really, really unusual in those days in Japan, as you can see. And the side job was fisherman. So he had like <laughs> parallel, parallel work as like a manufacturer and a fisherman, which it's kind of like modern, right? <laughs> like modern style to build your career. And his father, yeah. (laughs) And so his father took my husband fishing kind of like every weekend and on his boat. And my husband always says he will never ever forget that like freshly caught fish he ate on the boat with his daddy. And that experience of having so much fun. And so that's the experience which remains in his life. And after my husband graduated from his university and he became an engineer and he wanted to do, I think he wanted to do something like making things creatively, but like reality was a bit different, like like stress of like sitting at the desk all the day and he couldn't see like what he's delivering to his clients. And he, that wasn't, well, that's still valuable work, but that wasn't his style. So how, so he wanted to like do like different job where he could touch things with his, with his like own hands and be a part of like people's experience. So um, experience from his childhood with his dad inspired him to decide to go into the fish industry. And he started working like fast at fish market in Shizuoka. And mm. after five years um, working at the Shizuoka uh, fish market, then he moved to a trading company, which is specializing in fish. And there he learned pretty much everything from like catching fish to like distribution, kind of like importing, exporting. So like pretty much like everything about fish. So, um, and then while working for the trading company, he got often asked by his friends to bring like fish to friends' home party. And he did, he brought some really fresh fish to some friends' home party and trimmed the fish into sushi or sashimi at the party venue, like in front of your friends. And it was very well received. And like more and more friends started asking for my husband um, if he can come over to their party and buy word of mouth. So this was, yeah, the very much the beginning of his current business. So, yeah, and so at first he was working for a trading pan company and on the weekend he's doing this kind of like, kind of like casual catering things. But when the number of booking for his fish travel cooking increased so much, he decided to quit the trading company and concentrate on his new business. Mm. So that's pretty much how it worked, yeah. 
Interesting. So I think uh, you mentioned the disconnection between what you create and actually uh-huh. create it. So that's frustration of not being able to, you know, as a big corporation that happens over time. And also it's the mm. same thing as a food, a seafood business right now from supermarket. Yeah. You don't mm. see the whole thing. And uh, yeah, so your husband, um, Kazuhiro really went to the extreme. Now he does everything straight. There's no disconnection between what no. he does. Yeah, so he's quite happy with that. And I think that's a good point is that experience comes from his dad and experience on his, his from childhood. And that's really strong experience is really important to us as well. Mm, to, that sounds to like raise, very... but, yeah, to raise our kids as well. So, yeah. Right. I love so this. Like, I love this story. <laughs> maybe um, it sounds like it's a very strong DNA. So your <laughs> child may be the same way. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> right. So, so what is the concept of sakanayasai, and uh, what is your goal? Uh, by the way, so can I just saying that uh, sakanaya, the official dish sakanayasai, is that the full name you you prefer to use? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but like for English speakers, uh, fish and dish is easier to remember. So like I always use fish and dish to okay. um, the customer from overseas. So, but we're just, uh, just anything you like, like fish and second I aside, it's a proper name, but yeah, you can just say fish and dish. Okay. Or, so... Yeah. <laughs> All right, so because Japanese yeah. website features sakane asai, but yeah, yeah, fish and dish. I, I really thought it was very clever to have fish and dish. <laughs> really. I like it, the sound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see your PR background. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So okay, so let's go back. So what is the concept of uh, fish and dish, and what is your goal? Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, the concept of a fish and dish is um, anytime and anywhere. And that means not only like logistics or distribution, but also providing an experience. Um, especially before the pandemic, our strength was to provide an experience of fish. So we would deliver fish directly from the fishing harbor and trim the fish to sushi in front of the audience on site the party or reception or whatever, or to have kids watch the fish market and experience buying fish in on the spot. So our goal is to energize the fish eating culture again because in recent years, there are like many young parents in Japan who do not know how to process fish, and many kids who think that like fillet fish sold in supermarket are actual fish. So even though we were born in an island nation, we have developed our food culture by like taking advantage of like nature's bounty. Um, now we have two kids, and I believe that like simple kind of traceability of catching fish and eating fish is a has a positive impact on our food culture. So there is a like growing interest in sustainability now as well. So our goal is to promote the joy of the fish as a limited resource, like through like quality experience rather than just consuming like large quantity of fish. I think that's a goal of ours. Mm, right. Um, that's a great point because um, my mother can easily yeah. fillet fish. Like as she can close that's her awesome. eyes and do yep. it. In, and I I learned from her. But mm-hmm. this is an excuse, you know. Outside Japan, it's hard to get very very 
uh, ocean flavored fresh fish. So uh-huh. I, I made an excuse. I, I'm not going to do that here. <laughs> and if you go to the Whole Foods market, everything is filleted already. So yes, and clean and simple, yeah, mm-hmm. easy. So, but by I still remember filleting fish by myself. I appreciated the flavor, and it's like you yeah. you touched life. It's it's mm-hmm. dead, but it's yeah. it's a past part of life. Yeah. And definitely, yeah. Right, that means a lot, and uh, I think that's why your business is so appealing to a lot of people. Thank you. Yeah, I think that experience is needed too, especially for kids. They have to appreciate the lives. It's not delivered from the supermarket, but it's delivered from the nature. So, yeah, we focus on that experience. Mm -hmm. Right. Another uh, key part of your business is you get the freshest fish possible, not through the main uh, fish market, but yep. regional market. So, um, you know, like Tsukiji now moved to Toyosu. These yep. are the world biggest fish market. And we always think of fish, Tsukiji, fish, Toyosu. Yep. So mm-hmm. what's the difference? What is the difference between regular fishmongers and your business in terms of the distribution system? And maybe you can tell us, uh, you know, regular distribution in Japan through yep. Toyosu and how you do it differently. Okay. Um the regular distribution system in Japan is very complicated and it's very <laughs> complex process. So, well, you see like fishermen catch fish and then it delivers to fishers port and then to like local intermediate wholesalers and then to the central market. And the central market means like kind of a Tsukiji market, right? And so the Tsukiji market to the central market intermediate wholesalers. And then finally, then to supermarket or restaurant or small fishermongers and then the users, the end users. So this is like complete, like, really complex process you can see mm. <laughs> and but yeah but we know um, um thanks to the background of my husband experience and career we um know like fishman fishermen's in local like in person or like local wholesalers in person not city or like central wholesalers but very like local areas in japan so with its freshness speed the price, we have a high advantage because we can get really fresh fish from the fisherman directory or like local wholesalers directory. So I think it's a connection between like human to human. It's not about the system, I mm. guess. Mm. Right. So isn't it kind of, to me, that reminds me of like, if you have really good uh, fresh produce, you go sell at the super at the farmer's market. Uh, whereas, you know, it's a real mainstream supermarkets like Whole Foods or whatever you call. Um, so that sounds like a similar system. And the it sounds like the way you sell fish, you get fish and sell fish, may be a way more sustainable and hmm. you end up getting fresh fish because you don't, tra- the fish doesn't trouble as far as you sell food. No, no. And also, yeah, yeah, that's true. And but we cannot have like huge quantity. Mm. That's yeah. But we we only like we only sell like limited quantity. But I think that's that how we are. That's our strength because we are small business and we know like what our customer wants. So it's kind of like customizable, and 
yeah, it's more like sustainability when it, when in terms to of like distribution and delivering. Yeah, and also the quantity as well. Mm, right. Well, we talk about uh, what kind of fish you deal with, but uh, we'll take a quick break here. And when we come yeah. back, we'll dive into the unique and inspiring okay. program um, mm-hmm. Rimi and husband Katsuhiro offers. So please stay with us. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, supplier of Japanese ship knives and restaurant supplies. Corin is proud of their Japanese culture and traditions, but they want you to know that their products are not just for Japanese restaurants. Their knives and tableware bring out the best qualities of food from every culture and fit into every restaurant, from French to Pan Asian to American, and that is why they are located in New York City, where people from every country in the world come to eat. Coin's Tribeca showroom is home to the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan. Stop by to view the exquisitely designed tableware and the wireless natural sharpening stones. They have a whole range of knife services, from repair and rust removal to reshaping and realigning. Coin is dedicated to this ideal, bringing the highest quality Japanese design to your table so you can experience the unparalleled quality of Japanese craftsmanship in your home or restaurant. For more information, visit coin.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Needs on HRN, Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Aki Katayama, and my guest today is Arimi Asai, who is the co-founder of Fish and Dish, Sakane Asai, based in Tokyo. So after you get the freshest fish through, you know, specific regional um, market, what services do you offer? Okay. Um... Before the pandemic, we offered three three services. Uh, one is like live styles catering, and the second is like market experience tours, and the third one is wholesales. And now we have expanded to like four. And of course, because it's on the pandemic, um, catering and tours kind of things have been really difficult time to organize. So we haven't really offered them in the past couple of years which is sad for us. And we started like fourth things, which is um, running a small store as a community place in our neighborhood. So right now with our two kids, we are enjoying to sell incredibly fresh fish to people who live in our community in a very, very small store. And before the pandemic, we thought that being mobile was our strength. And it was really, but as we raised our kids, we began to have like more interest in increasing the value of our own place in this certain location. So now we run this little store only once a week, but this is really fun. Yeah. Mm, So it's more kind of part of the daily life of the residents nearby Mm -hmm. instead of events. Yes, and it's the place to connect people where, um, where you live, where we live, and the place we can enjoy the conversation about like how fish is fun and what fish kind of what kind of fish we are having right now in the season or kind of like that. Mm. We miss like real connection to the customers, so this is like the way we connect to customers, and also we can see kids, we can see, uh, we can show our kids how our business are going. So yeah, we are enjoying mm-hmm. this. Right. Yeah. 
Okay, so um, yeah, not many people can go to events and uh, that's like life, no. once in a lifetime mm-hmm. events. So yeah, maybe COVID benefited your business by connecting more closely with the mm-hmm. daily occasions. So that's amazing. And uh, who is your customer? Um, good thing about our business is um, our business is a combination of B2B and B2C. So we are with both um, corporate customers and individual customers. And in Japan, like, I mean, fish is a common favorite subject for like nearly everyone. And we are a small business and we believe our strength is that we can pivot. I don't know if this is right well in English, but we can pivot. Like mm-hmm. during the pandemic, people didn't go to restaurant or didn't party. So the needs for the supermarket increased. So we stepped up our whole sales to supermarket in during the COVID. And that became our biggest sales in our business. Mm. So maybe the, after pandemic is over, I think we will increase our service to individuals again, maybe like doing catering for the party or making tours. But right now we are focusing on um, wholesales, which is very, um, which has very high um, needs in Japan right now. Mm, right. Yeah. So in many other like many other things, like for like Japanese sake consumption increased thanks to the COVID because people started to drink sake at home. Yeah. <laughs> that's the retail <laughs> aspect of it. So that's the same thing. And it's really great to hear that. People are really interested in tasting local fish, very fresh yep. local fish. Mm-hmm. And then they know it's available if they try to get yeah. it. Right. Um, I'm not sure how many people can get that kind of local fish uh, through, you know, without you. Mm-hmm. Are there any other business that can be delivering the local fish? I, yeah, I think there are. Like there are some companies which are offering really good fish to um a kind of like e-commerce um via like e-commerce um, platform. So there are many ways. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we have uh, customers right now. We have many choices. But yeah, so we can just pick up. Yeah. So mm. we, we don't really have like lots of quantity, but um, yeah, we focus on the quality and the, the conversations and relationship with customers. And so I think the customer can choice like the variety of the fish or like connection or like conversation with the sellers. So yeah, I think that's mm. um yeah good. Um, how, how can I say that? It's still a very good movement in Japan as well. Right. I think, uh, but your business is different because you're giving, um, kind of opening the door to deepen mm-hmm. the yeah. interest in fish and how they can proactively um, eat fish rather than yep. get the fillet emails um, uh-huh. that mail ordered fish. So, yeah, that's great. And uh, so in the past, you know, before COVID, of course, uh, there are programs that you offered uh, as yep. an event. So, um, is any um, for, from now on, is there any um, event and programs that our listeners can participate in? Um, yeah, we are still under like pandemic restriction, but once we are able to welcome tourists, I would like to do like another tour that offers like realistic fish experience that's not too touristic, like like kind of primitive experience, like going to the market. Well, we 
we would love to invite tourists to the Toyosu, the new one, the Toyosu market as well, and do like buying experience and then critique experience and something like that. And also, we are always open for um do the catering. That's my husband's passion. So yeah, I think these two um activities um that listeners can participate in Japan. Yeah. Mm, great. Yeah, Toyosu Market Tour sounds very interesting. I've never been to Toyosu in person and uh, I heard it's just amazing. Um, very it is. updated mm. facilities. So yep. right. it's clean and it's huge. But also you can you can still feel the um vibes of like old style like fishes and like wholesalers mm. so the culture remains but like facilities is new so it's a good combination in Toyosu right so you will and love it's it. yeah probably safer with not running cars <laughs> <laughs> yeah well Tsukiji Market was famous for kind of a very aggressively running car mm-hmm. uh, you know fish yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, very dangerous it, yeah, yeah I, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I, heard we, I think in annually a couple people get and get injured or something like that so yeah they, they don't really care about like tourists or like women kids just anyone right so that's so, the yeah. business so don't get <laughs> get out of my way yeah. <laughs> right so the toyosu market so hopefully hopefully japan is um you know still a little bit of you know in that's trouble still with a little bit of restriction but yeah but hopefully soon uh, yeah. we can visit yeah i like to participate in uh, uh toyosu tour to other yes. for us. Yeah, it will be good fun. Right. Okay, so could you share some of your favorite memories from the events that you organized in the past? Yes, there are a lot, but when we did um activity for kids that combines like tours of the fish market, buying and cooking with them on the spot, this kid was a kind of afraid of fish and she didn't really want to eat like low fish or sashimi sushi but um she did attend the um the activity with her parents and a few days after the event her parents told us that she told the parents that she wanted to go out to eat sushi with her family for the very first time in her life because she had so much fun at the event and that the fish she had at the event was so good well, this was super awesome for us. I mean, we were able to leave some special memory in someone's childhood experience, like like just like the one my husband had in his childhood with his dad. So this was the favorite memory from ours. Mm. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. You changed her life, I think. Yeah. In many hope, ways. We hope. We hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably you made her healthier too. So yeah, hopefully, yes. Right. Okay. And then um where have you traveled to serve your clients? Because you are nomadic. Yes, we are mobile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are very mobile and we are very flexible. And we have been to uh, lots of area in Japan like Nagano or Okinawa, but uh, we have been to overseas as well and we have served in Singapore and Australia so far and both are so special experience to us and the funny thing about those experience was um, to maintain that its freshness of the fish we brought 
we hand carried the fish, which we have just um, caught from the fishermen on the day of the departure, and we hand carried onto the airplane. It was really wow. <laughs> challenging, and it's just so much fun. <laughs> like, imagine like fishmongers are traveling with like very huge uh, white box with like full of fresh fish, and it's <laughs> and hand carried to the airplane, and it's it's so much fun. And the customers right. were very happy. That's the best thing, though. Yeah. Mm. Right. So you never had problems with carrying fresh fish. Um, no, because I think that thanks to the um, career of my husband again he has a bit of experience of like importing exporting and he knew like what he has to be prepared before like bringing mm. those things to the country like to the some country we cannot bring like any specific like fish but he knows like kind of that those things so yeah it worked really well Mm, but wow. we were worrying about yeah <laughs> like if the water was like flipping down or kind of like that but yeah Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, and otherwise, you, you, where's my fish? And you, you can't get it. And there's no event. So, I think. <laughs> yeah, and it's the end. But yeah, and the customers were happy. So, yeah, that's mm. the best thing. Right. And do you ever consider using the local fish of the destination you go to? Yeah, that I think that's a great um, challenge. And we did one in Hobart in Australia. And we have been to the fish market and we bought some and we did like great combination between like Japanese fish and Australian fish and which is very fun. And I think it's more like sustainable because we don't have to like deliver by airplane or anything. So yeah, we are very curious about what kind of fish we're eating in that area and with what kind of fish are very popular in that area and it was a difference like between Japan and that area so it's yeah it's a, another great thing about like traveling to different countries mm. with fish yeah right. I asked this question because with your skill sets you know some uh, fish that's not utilized well enough at mm-hmm. the local area yep. you might be able to show how valuable mm-hmm. it can be based on yep. how you process it and how you taste yeah. it so that's, I think, that's an important role from now yeah. on, I think, one of the, the yeah, whole Yeah, that, that happens. Yeah, actually, that happens in Australia. Like, mackerel, um, is that mackerel? Um, yeah, that they didn't, like, eat, like, mackerel or, like, a specific fish in Australia. They believe, like, that the fish, like, humans shouldn't eat or something like that. But, like, my husband treated real the that fish really well and the customer were really happy and very surprised like how delicious it is so like that kind of like surprising experience I think that works in like different mm. cultures and different countries so yeah right. I think yeah that's a great chance and that's a great challenge for us right and it sounds like uh, Kazuhiro-san might be excited to find something yeah that's too. a thing for him yeah <laughs> right Okay, so uh, other than the fish, you know, procuring fish, what is the biggest challenge in running your business? Um, okay, um, of course, I think it's uh, clear that that pandemic has caused a lot, um, many like loss of customer connection. For us, it is very sad. Such an experience is decreasing. 
because yeah, it is the most rewarding moment when the person in front of us is pleased with the like deliciousness of our food. But um, even in this environment, there are many ways to make customers happy. For example, by yeah, I as I mentioned earlier, like opening a small store or like using e-commerce um, is a way. I think so. We should like pivot and look for the moment when our joy and the customer's joy overlap and they meet. Yeah. Mm, right. And you kind of mentioned already, but what's the most rewarding part of your your business? Yeah, I think um, when the value of the fish to that person changes, like as I mentioned, like the the girls um, has been to the sushi restaurant for her the first life the first very first time in her life like all the words like oh wow this is the best tuna in my whole life or like wow i didn't know how much fish is fun or kind of like that so because we believe like changing society starts with like someone's emotions so we are very happy to see like very strong emotion about fish and how how it changed um their not life, but like life, like daily activities. Mm. Yeah. Right. Um, and of course, we are always now, especially lately in current, you know, events happening in the global warming and also yeah. sustainability of the plant, uh, planet. So how do you predict the future of seafood uh, based on what you deal with, you know, that's getting fish through different kinds of markets? And how do you think your business model can make it brighter? Yes, um, we think that um, fish disposal, fish disposal is um issue that we should be focusing on, and we have we have a new project in this area working on, and yeah, I I want to tell you that um the percentage of unused fish is very high, well only not only in Japan but in the U.S. as well like with approximately 40% of total catches of the fish going to unused. And that unused fish are really very delicious if you know how to treat or how to cook. So um, even like within, within the small countries of Japan, like fish are often disposed of as inedible in some areas, but when you go to other areas, they are on like a dinner table. They are eaten very deliciously. So it's only about like information or knowledge about the fish. So as we, are, yeah, it's, it, this is very interesting fact. So as we are eating like limited amount of life of the sea, we must always think about like reducing that waste. Mm. Well, and 40, it, yeah. 40% is just a, amazingly huge it is. waste it is <laughs> so yeah. yeah and then the you know it's a famous story of tuna fatty tuna and uh, japanese mm-hmm. people were not used to eating fatty meat i mean the fish meat but then because there's no you know basically people didn't eat meat in japan for hundreds of years so people used to throw it away and then yeah. now it's a gold price of gold at the Toyota mm-hmm. market yeah. and uh yeah, so I'm sure that 40% contains a lot of hidden gems and, uh, you know, fishermen 
men can really make a lot of money, which is sustainable for the business too. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I'm curious, how, what kind of a fish have you discovered through local fish market? Um, it's very, um, I don't know the English name, but maybe Akiko-san will know, like Utsubo, can eatable, uh, they are eatable, and they're really, really, really good. Uh, yeah. If you can, if you can explain how, how, how Utsubo is in English. I don't know that name of English, but. Uh, Utsubo is uh, kind of like uh, eel-looking, right? Kind of eel-looking, but no one thinks it's eatable and it's for like, for the dish. Uh, what's that texture or how, what's the challenge? Um, yeah, it's a picture and I don't know. It's not, I think it's only the custom, like that's the not, that's not the one you see at the supermarket or that's not, I think because the process is really hard. Like how to trim is a bit difficult because the, because of that shape. Mm. of that kind of ill thing yeah and it's kind of scary looking too right like, <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah yeah but i think I, th- I think it's a well technique is essential for this kind of things and we process like utsubo into kind of like tempura and sell them to supermarket as a package and mm. the customers simply love it it tastes right. like like soft sea bream, not sea bream, but it's more like um, soft. Oh, wow. And yeah. The kind texture of flaky. is really good. Yeah. Huh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I just, I, I just I looked up and, you know, the picture is just pretty scary. The big teeth. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And you can see that. Yeah. You can find them like aquarium. Like, <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great. Great to know. Maybe uh, next event abroad, you can <laughs> Yeah. <useful. laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good fun and it's a good surprise and, and to know like they are eatable and they're actually really good. Mm. I'm curious though, knowing that you can find all those interesting fish, and do you teach how to process fish, like a fillet fish as well? Um yes, we do. Um during the tour. So we invite the customers to the market and let them buy like anything they want and then take them to um like a little kitchen in inside the market and then show them like how to trim the fish mm. which they just bought. So right. they know like the whole the process, like how, how it comes and how it can be um changed into like sashimi or um sushi or kind of like that so yeah we do mm, right so then our listeners if they're interested you can just join the, the toyosu yes. market tour and then yes. they can learn how to fill mm-hmm. the fish yes that's mm-hmm. awesome right. and then of course they can take it home i mean to yes of hotel. course of course or you right. can just yeah have it on site Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> interesting and the skizhi market has that kind of rentable space to be able to yes. process fish yes oh, wow. That's very cool. I, I really, it sounds like um, uh, Toyos Market is highly updated and um, make fish more accessible, accessible yep. to customers. Yeah. Right. So what are your plans and dreams? Um, yeah, so we originally started as um, our business. Well, as my husband solo like business and then transformed into like husbands and wife unit and then into a community place that includes our kids 
And for us, it will be very interesting to see how our kids like change this experience to mm. their career and give us interesting input into the business. Right. How old are they now? Uh, seven and four. Okay. Yeah, they love cooking and then they love fishing and yeah, they are very curious about like lives. So yeah, we are very excited about like how this experience um, make them like think about their career. And also the second one is also, um, yeah, is about like our overseas expansion, of course, because we always feel that there is a demand or needs for the development of Japanese food technology and Japanese food culture as well. And now it, this is just idea about like a system of like fish eating culture, such as like aquaculture will be like a different, like difficult, but interesting topic to bring to overseas. So yeah, we are thinking about like how our action should be in overseas. And this is very exciting plan for us. Mm, right, I can't wait to start traveling again. Thank so, you. right, and uh, I see, for example, in New York, there are a couple restaurants who try yes. to utilize local fish, and then make, we can do some collaborative dinners yeah, and some events. That'd be great. Yeah. Right. So yeah, and then again, this uh, you know, the fishmonger without a storefront. This concept, I think, is really going to be important, and also. And understanding the complexity of fish distribution, especially in Japan, <laughs> yeah. it's just that, you know, luckily, uh, Kazuhiro-san has the background of uh, yeah. personal connection, but it's a very traditionally built um, It is. It, is. it has it has quite a long history. But I feel that, like, they are not thinking this is the only way to do. They, they realize they have to change in some way so we have a lot of people who can help us in Tsukiji Waters market so we don't think like they are like protecting themselves in like very old way they they are still I think they are changing in their behavior or the custom so yeah I think hmm, interesting. We, yeah it takes time but yeah I enjoy the process Right. What yeah. I heard is that when Tsukiji moved to Toyosu, they all, all the structures kind of restructured and then everybody has to look at the fee at each stage. So the distributor who brings in fish to the market and then there's another distributor who brings the fish out of the market and all those things based on human connections and this yeah. my, I've been working with this fishmonger for like, like three three generations. How can I change yeah. that? That the money is also important to manage. So I think uh, you are representing also the change in the traditional system and hopefully in a good way. So yes, hopefully in a good way. Yeah. All right. So where can we find your updates online and on social media? Yes. Um, we are not very very active on the social media at the moment but you can um, search us for us with fish and dish on instagram or you can check us on our web page fishanddish.com and um, also we are not very active on the social but we can you can always reach out to us by email or direct message on instagram anytime and we are very open for like any communication to like everyone mm -hmm. in 
like anywhere, like like anytime, everywhere. So, yeah. Right. So, and your um, website is very cool with uh, lots Thank of you. pictures and video, and <laughs> you are in the market with Casahiro. <laughs> Thank so, you. Yeah, so the basically it's www.fishanddish.com and yeah, Instagram. Yeah. And uh, Instagram, fish underscore and underscore dish underscore. Thank Asahi. you. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so good luck and uh, keep me posted. Thank you very much. Hope to see you in New York. Yeah, Sometime and soon. also yeah. in Toyosu too. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. Right. All right. So, listeners, if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for show topics or guests, please contact us at japanese at heritageradionetwork.org or kikokatema.com. Japanese is a weekly program and is always available at heritageradionetwork.org as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. Engineer is Armin Spenjan, and thank you for listening. I will see you next week. Spanish is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.